my beautiful listeners. Welcome to this next episode where we're going to talk about they don't see how it can be. What do I mean by that very sentence right there? So, listen, I've been practicing what I do, which is a form of, yeah, you could say natural horsemanship, um, delving into the what used to be kind of the underworld, which is now becoming the new world, just a different way of working, playing and training with horses. And, you know, it got I got hooked on this simply due to my former mare. She's now up in the horseman's heaven, as we speak. She left us way too soon for many a reason, uh, which I do actually explain uh, in my book, The Horse That Broke Two Legs. That's not actually why she died, but it does kind of, you know, lead off from that situation, those circumstances in her life. Eventually, uh, the repercussions of that did eventually kill her. Um. And because it's because of her that I went on this journey of, you know, horses are so much more than just riding. You know, she taught me how to self-reflect. She taught me how to get good. Actually, not get good, get great. Because if I wasn't great, she was not interested. And I travelled <laughs> to different ends of the earth on this beautiful planet of ours to learn and discover how to do that. You know, the term horse whisperer. Well, it's not really... A real thing it's it, it's just a different way of like I said working playing training and interacting with this wonderful species our dear dear friend the beloved horse and you know you learn things that you're like oh my gosh why didn't I know this before I've been around horses almost on a daily basis since the age of three or four you know, and, and there's stuff, even to today, I'm still like, I see people and I'm like, wow, I want to learn how they do that. But where it gets interesting for me is, and even though it can be right in front of their face, some people never even see it. Even though their horses are giving them the lessons that they need in order for them to buck up their ideas and to look for alternatives. They don't see it. Now, that could mean they need more time and one day they will see it. That could mean that maybe somebody has to be brave enough to tell them, hey, you can do better, and then they start to see it. (laughs) It might not be straight away. It might be later. Maybe they never will see it. You know, and what is it that I'm talking about? It 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 really means being a great partner and friend to your horse and knowing how to ask that back from them. Oh gosh, I could go on with many, many stories from my experience now. And I will give you a couple of examples, but because then My hope is, especially from this podcast, if you're somebody, for example, who doesn't see it, (laughs) then maybe you will start to. Or you might be someone that doesn't see it, 
because you don't need to because you're already fantastic and great. I don't know. But my point about it is I just want to open eyes and share experiences, okay? So on a daily basis, I see horses that are stood in cross ties next to my horse, for example, that is not cross tied in an area where they could very easily walk out because they're not cross tied and then somebody will come along and cross tie their horse and the horse can't stand still and it's pulling on the ropes and it's only getting told no 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 there's absolutely zero teaching going on so that the horse can learn to at least stand still and getting it to the point where the horse is secured for example with one rope doesn't even enter their mind because one they don't know how to or let's go back to the subject of they don't see it which is even bigger they don't they don't have interest you know or they don't believe and this is the big one for me that they are able to either teach that to their horse or able to do it themselves able to have that knowledge and be able to teach it to their horses it's so interesting and um for me, it gets interesting because people like myself and I, I have a team of instructors as well that are kind of like under my wing where I hope to share my knowledge, uh, you know, which is passed down from my mentors. And a lot of this information is not mine. It's really passed down from people that I've studied from and learned with. Um, and then a big chunk of it is, of course, my own because I've evolved and developed my own ways of being, playing, training, interacting with horses and stuff like that. And it's very successful. So they just don't see it. Oftentimes I'll be just walking around the barn or, you know, doing my thing and there'll be someone that was standing there with their horse, on their horse, yeah, and um, maybe they just stopped for a moment for whatever reason or were talking to friends and then decide to just walk off with their horse and I just happened to be at the horse's side as they turn down their toes, lift up their heels, bring their leg calf back, I don't know, almost halfway up the side of the horse, dig in their heels into the rectus abdominis muscles, the very muscles the horse uses for its core stability and to also squeeze the poop from its intestines. And they get zero response out of the horse. Then they have to do that again and again. And then finally that horse starts to plonk away very slowly. And the horse is so dead to the leg. It's it's quite remarkable. Sometimes I wonder how people survive. If I was to dig in my heels and calves as hard as that on my lenny, I don't know what you would do. I think he would think it meant gallop. It would be like a signal to him that you better run for your life, mate, because there's a big four-ton truck coming and it's going to run us down and we need to move. You know, so the intention and intensity behind this one leg aid, which actually means nothing to the horse, is I just don't understand why people don't understand that that's not a good thing. It just niggles me. It's like, if you have to use that much pressure just to get your horse to go from walk, from halt 
to walk, what pressure are you needing to use to get that horse, for example, to trot? You know, it, it's really... But the problem here is they don't know no different. Maybe they do, but they just don't want to see it or they don't see it, you know. And for myself, I, I don't really sit in the, yeah, the facade, the, the tradition of what a modern dressage rider looks like. I don't have the saddle. I don't have the fancy saddle blankets. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't wear the boots of the latest fashion. I don't have the latest bridle, anatomical bridle that fits, blah, blah, blah. I just don't have all that. I really sit in my own little fashion world of what is functional, of what is accepted by my horse, what is comfortable, what I feel comfortable in, I really sit in that little world. And to some who are in the, let's say, the discipline of dressage, they look at me and they think, oh my gosh, look at her, scruffy. When actually, no, I'm wearing a really beautiful saddle. It's just that it's not the saddle that's, um, you know, of their trained eye in the dressage world. I am riding bitless most of the time, so they look at that and they think, oh my God, she's voodoo, voodoo. Um, but what they're not seeing, and I had this just today, so I really want to share this with you, is today I was riding in the indoor arena. It was really quiet, lovely. Sun was blaring through the skylights. It was actually really picturesque, despite two blacksmiths being outside and bang, bang, bang away. But anyway, that's that. So I have my music on, listening to a little bit of John Bon Jovi, my one of my favourites, especially on Lenny, because that music suits him. And... I'm doing my thing, and uh, he's been in rehab the last uh, month, and you can hear about that in Are They in Pain podcast, uh, which I, you know, you can just search a few episodes back. And So we're still in the rehab stage where now I'm building in his canter, and uh, I just start to introduce him again to some lateral movements. So just a tiny little bit of shoulder in, tiny little bit to that there, tiny little bit of ramvers, just checking my age, just making sure how he feels, blah 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 I've also been developing the canter now, which feels great, and he's really forward, and he's happy, and I don't have any sign or indication of pain in my beautiful boy, so I'm really happy for him right now. We're in a really good place. And so, you know, all in all, we're able to do pretty cool things under the saddle, all right? And this, the the lateral maneuvers I just checked him walk today, and we did a little bit of uh, canter work, and then I bring him down in canter, down, 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 almost to a uh, walk speed canter and then open him up again and let him go forwards into a nice free working canter. Just checking my aids, how is he feeling, stuff like that. So like I say, quite high level gymnastics really and then somebody else comes in and they're, um, I don't know, up in the higher levels of dressage where they too have to perform these particular exercises for their competitions where... Somebody is judging them for a three-minute test who has no idea about the history and the work that has gone into that horse. I still can't quite wrap my head around that. Anyway, that that could be another podcast. And, um, of course, she's coming in. Not, not often do people see me ride. And this is somebody, again, who sits in the they-just-don't-see category and uh, she come in, and I could see her. She's doing a really nice warm-up. It's not bad riding at all, actually. The horse is really uh, schooled nicely. 
just a little bit harder and rougher without um, interaction with the horse uh, compared to what I like to do. You know, it's my horse. I'm, I'm going to stop and give lovings and tell them they're good every once in a while and just really interact with them even though I'm sitting on their back. It's very possible, huh? You don't have to be this stiff, you must do this now kind of person. You really can interact with them. And uh, so that's the difference between us, I guess, and the spurs and the quite hard leg aids, in a sense. But anyhow, I could see her looking. Now, I'm trained. I'm a trained professional in able to sense people's thoughts and feelings through my positive and open mindset. Also, the same with horses. I'm working on every day how I can improve that to get better with the horses and read them and be a better person for them. So, of course, it doesn't take much for me to pick up on the, on that. And I could see her looking, and we were doing our thing. And now, <laughs> I don't practice these things often. It's just that I do practice them in my head. I practice them constantly. How I want my horse to feel. How I want him to look how I want him to perform. I practice that in my head so that I'm able to bring that out to my horse when I'm actually riding. And trust me, guys, when you do this, it does improve things. It's like an unconscious practice. Anyhow, she was kind of looking and and then the, the manoeuvres that I was making, she was kind of mimicking them back as if to say, look, I can do that too. Now, I was not given the impression that I was even had the slightest interest in, in what she's doing, really. I'm in my own little bubble, I've got my music on, listen to me, John Bon Jovi, in my little world with Lenny, Lenny, happy as Larry. But, of course, I pick up on her body language because we kept passing each other in the indoor arena. It's only 20 by 40, so you can't help but not look at each other once in a while. And she started to mimic back the exercises I'm doing. Now, this is somebody who practices these exercises, and I'm talking about the person, every single day. I, on the other hand, practice those manoeuvres, exercises in, yeah, I couldn't even tell you, I couldn't even say consecutive sessions. I pepper them in throughout my horse's education. So I couldn't say to you that for every day, for three weeks, I really practised the Ron Veras in Cantor. Because I haven't. I just pepper it in and then each time I do do it because I haven't drilled my horse, I guess, and because I don't force them into this position, which is quite unnatural anyways, I'm not causing muscle pain, pain memory in a horse that's fighting and objecting. I'm just peppering it in and inviting and there it is. Et voila. And this person is... Pre- so I had to laugh to myself because it's like, cool. This is cool, Zoe. You're not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. And and your horse looks pretty uh, comfortable and reasonable. Tail's not swishing, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty lucky that I don't practice like that because maybe, just maybe, I would be pretty good. Maybe it's good I don't compete because, do you know what? For those people that are not sitting in the same values and principles and category as me, you better watch out because I might be pretty good. And that's my way of keeping my mindset positive and keeping myself encouraged and motivated and inspired and, most importantly, proud. Going back to they don't see, maybe she does see that I'm bitless. Maybe she does see that I don't have spurs on. Maybe she does see that my leg is not halfway up my horse's um, ribcage to ask for that travail. 
And she's thinking and wondering, how on earth is she able to do that without doing that? Or not? I don't know because, you know, look, we're all individual people. We all have mouths. We all have a way of communicating. It could be via email, text message or face-to-face, which, by the way, I prefer. Look, I really like what you're doing. How do you do that? Why is it so difficult for people to ask how? Well, through my education and my time and experience, I did learn that you have to create wow in order for people to ask how. And that does work to a certain degree and extent. That's pretty much how I got a lot of my students and and the people that are interested in the way I do things because I created the wow factor and then that, that gets them to ask how. But it's a very small percentage, I tell you. And for the rest, you can be doing the most magical things with your horse right in front of their face and they don't see it. They just don't see it. I can be doing things, especially with my Lenny, which are of show level. So maybe asking for a Spanish step into a rear, into a lay down, roll over, play dead, come up, do piaf in self-carriage, at liberty. Super cool stuff that people pay money to see, and this is happening right on their doorstep, in front of their face, and they're not seeing it. The other side to that coin is there are people that do see it. Oh, my gosh, that do they? And they're usually the ones that have the most problems with their horses themselves, and they're the ones that get the old jealous torch out and the yeah something I really would rather not discuss because I try to just avoid and blank those kind of people altogether but just to mention it here for your benefit even people like myself suffer from jealousy envy and stuff like that and you just you just learn how to redirect it actually and ignore them and what I've actually learned to do is turn it into my power Don't get me wrong, sometimes it does disempower me. Sometimes I I can't help but let it in. I'm only human and uh, it has fragmented my life. But for the most part, I learn now how to turn or have learned how to turn it into my power. And say, okay, I'm going to get even better. If uh, If you think that, then I think this kind of thing. You know what I mean? So they don't even see it. What other examples have we got? Okay, so my Lenny Burger at the cleaning station, that's an area where I like to tie quite often simply because it's quiet and I don't have any other uneducated and, yeah, uneducated humans as well with their horses next to mine where their horse kicks out at mine and my horse gets into trouble because he's tied and he's got no way of getting out. That's most of the time I tie my horses independently either in the cleaning station where another horse can't reach them or in an area... Uh, where other horses can be tied next to them, but there's not many people around, then I do that. I tie my horses purely for educational reasons and also to protect them from the environment because there's a lot of things that go on in the environment, for example, tractors, leaf blowers, children running around, jumping around, stuff like that. So it's there to protect them from the environment, but I know for sure, and I would actually do on quiet days, I do not even bother to tie, I just leave my horse loose. And for the educational purposes, my horses need to know how to tie. 
You know, they need to go in a trailer. What do you do in a trailer? You tie them. They need to go to the vets. They need to stand and wait for two hours. What do you need to do? You need to tie them. Tying is not a bad thing. Tying educates horses. Tying teaches horses to relax, especially if it's done well. So my horse, he can literally reverse in, stand there, wait for it to be tied. As I pick up the hooves, I pick up the hooves, all four from one side, one hoof at a time, of course. And then... um. Quite often times, especially uh, if it's been a bit uh, wet and not, we don't really have mud. We've got just sand, but it can be a bit poopy, a bit pee. And then I'll I'll rinse the hooves with the hose. So that means I'll hose the outside of the hoof, and then of course pick up the hoof and hose the underside of the hoof. So I get the frog and the sole nice and clean. And I don't even have to ask for that. My horse will simply lift his leg and uh, let me spray it and then as soon as the spray goes away he'll put that leg down again it's really a partnership thing and while I'm doing all this the person next to me is shouting no 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 at their horse and their horse is now a little bit nervous because I'm using the water you've heard me talk about this a lot of time if you listen to my stuff um, horses and water that's just something super interesting that people just don't get you know, can't get their head around that if their horse is nervous of water on themselves, they're also going to be nervous of it in their environment and stuff like that. Um, then while I'm grooming, I'll ask my horse to lower its neck while I brush its face and, um, you know, give a good scratch during the grooming, make sure they're healthy and fine. And the other person, I don't know what they're doing, but it don't look anything like what I'm doing. Now, not to big myself up too much, I also make mistakes and I'm also learning. All right, there's people out there that do things 10, 20, 30, 100% better than I do. But I know that I'm doing things better than my next door neighbour. And this is what I want to teach the people. If you're giving your horse a worm cure, so worm paste, and you're having to stand on a bucket and fight that horse while its head is in the air, you really, really, really are lacking in knowledge of how horses do things. You know, you're really lacking in the fact that that horse has got you running around them. They're obviously giving some kind of feedback about maybe past trauma or misunderstanding of when something is put in their mouth don't even get me started on bits I don't I can't even get started there because this podcast will turn into a two-hour podcast um you know I, I call these things general skills general daily skills they are the bigger stuff they are all it's always in the foundation the bigger stuff um so like I'm saying Going back to the whole point of this podcast, they don't see it. Now, in an ending note, what I would want to leave you with um, is, one, you don't have to go running after everybody because you know stuff and you can get your horse to do stuff and you want your friends to do that. Uh, unfortunately, it very rarely works like that. I see this quite a lot, for example, in teenagers. Oh, yeah. Then, then you know, I can do this, Miles. Do you want to learn it too? And there kind of becomes this little flow where they learn it. But you very rarely see this in adults, you know, or really of height. I've seen it anyway. I could be wrong there. So you can't chase after people that are not interested or don't see it. It really has to come from a place of self-discovery on their own path. So who knows? Maybe... My dancing and prancing and playing with my horse, uh, which to some people is just an absolute catastrophe in their eyes and they think it's dangerous, blah, blah, blah. 
maybe just one day they'll turn around and go, darn, that's pretty cool. I want to learn how to do that. Or they won't. Or maybe they'll go to an event or a show or see someone on the internet and then they see that stuff and they think, well, that's pretty cool. And then they see me doing that at home and then they ask the question, okay, how? But we also have to just accept, accept, accept that some people, they don't see it, they will never see it, they don't want to see it, and that's just the way it is. But for the rest of us, we see it. (laughs) And I hope you, my dear sweet listeners, are either on the path of seeing it (laughs) or are uh, was not seeing it but now have a little idea of seeing it. And uh, maybe you are uh, seeing it already and are busy uh, learning how to get good of your own horses. So this was really, believe it or not, even though the podcast is heading into 25 minutes, really is the short end of this story. But I just want to give you some, yeah, some hopeful clarification that you don't have to chase after everybody. It really has to be their idea. And if you are able to do great things with your horse and your horse is able to partner with you in everything that you do from ground up to riding, into the trailer and out of the trailer, on a new location, in the forest, in the dunes, on the beach, you are able to do all of these great things. Wow, you can be so proud of yourself. If you struggle, know that that's a part of it. My gosh, the struggle is real, but the struggle is where your knowledge lacks and just accept it as a place of new learning and new adventures to come your way so that you can discover how to improve it so they don't see it i hope you found that interesting and uh, i hope you'll join me for my next podcast next friday thanks for listening and i really hope wherever you are you're having a great day or evening You have been listening to Zoe's Horse Bites podcast. Powered by Get Good With Horses courses and online training academy by Zoe Code.